0: Welcome to another episode of Broadway Brains. In this episode, we have Mark Timonelli, who might be best known for running and founding a company called Broadway Workshop, which has a ton of Broadway workshops accessible for you. I hope you enjoy, and be sure to check out Broadway Workshop. Bye!
1: Hi, Lucy.
0: Hey! How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How about you?
1: I'm all right. I'm just going to fix my mic to make sure we got the right one. Microphone speaker. I think we're good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Max, you want to come here? Hold on. Max has to quickly say hello. And then we can send him on his very way. This is Max. Mm -hmm. Every time I start a Zoom, he's like, what's happening? Okay. Okay. All right. How's it going?
0: It's going pretty well. Um, I'm in the other side of the country right now.
1: I know it's so early for you. Good morning.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I guess because it's coming into winter the sun doesn't rise up so it it looked like it was the end of the world because it's
1: like it's very hard especially like here in New York when we change the clocks it's gonna be it gets dark at like four o'clock in the afternoon it's like the most depressing thing ever anyway are we start? do we start is it starting okay great so
0: first off could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself
1: yeah, my name is Mark Tuminelli. I own a company called Broadway Workshop. Um, at Broadway Workshop, we do classes, workshops, master classes, summer intensives, productions. And uh, we've been running Broadway Workshop for the last 13 years this month. 13 years, that's a long time. And uh, I also am the host of the Little Me podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network. So like you, Lucy, I do this exact same thing all the time. And uh, yeah, it's a really uh, cool gig. I was an actor most of my life as a kid and into my early 20s and then sort of stumbled into teaching and really loved it. And so Broadway Workshop has been like this really amazing experience for me to work with unbelievable Broadway stars to teach the next generation of musical theater stars and out of Broadway Workshop we've had about like 70 kids who have gone from the classroom to performing on Broadway.
0: That's amazing so kind of how we're on the topic of Broadway Workshop Um, I guess you already explained it so what inspired you to start it?
1: So when I was an actor, I was in um, a production of Gypsy with Patti Lapone, who's like, you know, the greatest, in Chicago. And this is before the show came to Broadway. And when they decided to move the show to Broadway, they like basically got rid of the entire cast except for Patti. And they had a new director and we were all replaced and it was so sad. And then I had a couple of other auditions for really big things that I thought I would get. And then they didn't go my way one way or another. And I just sort of was... A little bit over being an actor. I didn't love going out of town. I didn't love a lot of the jobs I was getting. I wasn't really loving it. And I was like, why don't I love this anymore? And so, but what I did love was teaching. And I had been working at a few other youth theaters, uh, teaching amazing kids. And I was like, this is what I want to do. So I started Broadway Workshop and I thought I would do it while I was still kind of acting. And very quickly, I was like, no, this is, this is what I'm meant to do. So I put, you know, both feet in into it, and I was very ready to jump in and and be a, a teacher and create this business and build it up because it really takes a lot of time and energy to have a real business model where people feel safe and that there's constantly programming coming up and there are new things and new ideas and opportunities for kids. And you can't do that while you're also an actor. It makes it really hard. So that is sort of how it all started.
0: Yeah. So what did Broadway Workshop look like the first few years?
1: That's a great question. In the first few years, Broadway Workshop kind of was like A little like a one-day workshop with someone like Laura Bell bundy who was the star of legally blonde on broadway at the time And she would teach a workshop on a sunday morning And then maybe there'll be a workshop two weeks later and ashley brown who was mary poppins on broadway at the time She would teach a class. So it was just these few little master classes Um, and they would you know, we would just kind of slot them in and then the first summer we had one camp now We have nine camps. So it's like, you know, it is built it is built a lot. So it did definitely definitely start smaller with a workshop and a masterclass. And then, uh, we, you know, blossom that into a camp. And then three years into Broadway workshop, we, Disney came to me and asked me to do the first production of little mermaid junior and help them create that. And then we started doing shows. So each year sort of built on the next year. And we were able to create more classes and programs and work with more stars. As people got to know us, it became easier to get, um, Broadway guest teachers to come on board and teach master classes. And this was kind of new. Now there's a lot of programs that do this kind of thing. But when I started, there was only, you know, Broadway workshop and a couple other programs that had uh master classes led by Broadway stars.
0: Yeah, so I'm guessing how you would get the people is you'd have like personal connections and be like, "Hey, I started a company."
1: Yeah, pretty much. I would be like, "Do you teach?" And I remember Leslie Critzer was one of our first teachers, Laura Bell Bundy, Ashley Brown, um, and you know, they were all people I had known from working in the industry, and I would ask them, you know, like to come in and teach a masterclass, and then that led to the next one and then Eventually, we started reaching out to people that I didn't know, um, like Sutton Foster. And I would email either their agent or I would see if they had a friend. We had a friend in common, and I would say, "Hey, could you ask, you know, Sutton if she's interested in teaching?" Or um, when the Hairspray movie came out, Nikki Blonsky, who was the star of that movie, I reached out to her through her manager, and she started teaching. And Aileen Quinn, who was Annie in the Annie movie in 1982, which was like my favorite. Um, she started teaching I reached out to her through her manager and we became really good friends But it was you know, it was all kind of trying people It's the same way we kind of are doing with podcasts now i'm reaching out to people I know But then i'm also reaching out to guests that I would love to have and hoping that you know They respond and want to join us. So it's like it's i'm sure lucy you understand the struggle
0: Yeah, I I started out with a lot of like, just like emailing and guessing emails and being like, okay. guessing emails is
1: key isn't it it's like well let's try this and see if it works
0: and like google which i love they had this function if you like type enough words it'll show like the photo and if it's a photo of the person you're like that's it
1: that's it yeah oh my god you're such a little detective (laughs) i think that you need a like a detective podcast too
0: you know i was i like every day i get a new different idea for a podcast and i'm like oh
1: Maybe. And you're doing it. You're making it mm. happen. What insp- can I ask you a question? Yeah. What inspired you to do this podcast?
0: Um, I feel like I just was like listening to like the Waitress cast album, but <laughs> I didn't have like a Spotify premium, so I got an ad for a podcast hosting platform and I was just like, let's do it. So I called up my friend and she was my first guest and we just talked about theater. <laughs>
1: Oh my God, I love it so much. And is is Waitress one of your favorite shows? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, like... I have listened to a lot but in like the start of quarantine I was just like every cast album I was just oh my god like, that's so good I tell my it.
1: students that all the time I'm like use this time to listen to a recording you've never heard you know like just put an original Broadway cast in Spotify mm-hmm. and so many albums come up and I know a lot of musical theater songs and sometimes I'm like what is this weird show mm-hmm. and I'll give it a listen while I'm answering emails and things like that
0: yeah so what was the past to getting where Broadway Workshop what is now from, like, what it was first?
1: I think the path always for me was to create a program that I would have wanted to be in as a kid. So I look at everything from my point of view. Ex- uh, to give you an example, I'll be like, all right, if I was 15 or 16, what kind of class would I want to be in? And who would I want my, my uh, other students to be? And I know that, like, 15-year-olds don't want to be in a class with, like, Eight-year-old, so I make make sure ages are really you know kind of tight. It's normally between three or four years. Even in a program where we have kids from nine to eighteen, they're broken up like nine and tens are together, eleven and twelves are together. So we are making sure that you know the experience for each kid is really special. And I have um, so I've always approached everything like that, and that has led us, I think, to where we are now because when you're in a class at Broadway workshop, it's not just thrown together. We really think about what the student experience is going to be like. Um, if the person teaching is really going to be able to lead those students into a new part of their um, work that they have not really tried to do yet and that they feel safe and that they feel like we're we're having the class for them and it doesn't matter whether or not we make money. Like that can never be your focus. And I feel like if you're very focused on the financial end of it, your business will not be successful. And so I've always been really focused on the student and parent experience. And then I know that the tuition and the foundation financially will come if you focus on what your client or what your student or what your parent Or what your listeners experience is that will make for the best possible business so I think that that was really the drive and each year building to only what we could handle you know I can add a hundred new programs but if we can't run a hundred programs then they're going to suffer so it's just about also keeping everyone's experience in mind about what you're going to do
0: yeah like I've I guess kind of just from my observation, because I've been dipping my toe into a lot of like Broadway workshops yeah. in quarantine, cause like it's all virtual and it's really easy. So, but then like some, like they'll be like really great and like for a really great deal. But then there's some like, it's still really great. But sometimes you think like maybe money's behind this because you're like, <laughs> they're great. But like, are they worth like a million dollars? But yeah, I
1: think it's really important to keep the the price especially right now while we're doing online programming. I personally don't feel like you know you should be paying the exact same amount you would pay if you were in the studio it's a different Mm -hmm. kind of experience and so we have kept our tuition really low during COVID we have kept the class size really low it's really basically eight students in a class Mm -hmm. and so that everyone has really a lot of personal experience we also don't have um, people watching the class who are not participating Mm -hmm. and I know some other programs are doing that and it's an easy way to make additional money because there's a Lots of kids out there that don't want to sing, or they're not really performers, but they love the star, so they'd want to watch the class, and that's really cool. But I don't think that's great for the student in the class. That's only good for, you know, the financial end. So we did something really cool this summer. Is there's a new um, something, a new company called Broadway On Demand, mm-hmm. and they have a program called Broadway Access. And that is basically, you can register and watch, there's like 300 different classes on the platform. And you can watch a class with me and Laura Osnes and me and Sierra Bogus, and me and Erica Henningsen, a lot of people who've been on your podcast. And you can watch the class and just watch it as an observer. And there are these 30 minute classes. So we filmed 20 episodes of Broadway workshop masterclass, um, both dance class and masterclass for Broadway On Demand. And those classes are now available and you can register and watch them. And it's a pretty small fee considering how many different classes are on the platform. So that's a really kind of cool new thing that came up during uh, our quarantine COVID times.
0: Yeah, so now I wanted to talk a little bit about what you teach with Broadway Workshop. And I think you you just, like you just did it a couple of days ago and it's your songbook workshop. So I guess I wanted to like ask, cause you like teach it. So you yeah. know a lot about it. So what inspired you to do your workshop?
1: So I love musical theater songs. I listen to show tunes all day, mostly with right now I'm listening to a lot of Taylor Swift, but because I'm like a 17 year old girl, but I love Broadway musicals just like you. And so I have this kind of insane knowledge of musical theater songs, both old school songs like Golden Age songs and current, you know, Broadway musicals and kind of everything in between. So I wanted to offer a class to my students because I am in class so much, you know, kind of co-teaching with a big Broadway star. Sorry. Um, Co-teaching with a big Broadway star. And we have a lot of kids singing songs that are not that great, that are like maybe too current and or maybe two above where their age is if they're 15 years old and they're singing she used to be mine I'm like well that's not a great song choice for you so I wanted to create a class where I could meet our students and give them the opportunity to sing a song for me so I can get a sense of where their voice is and then for me to email them a list of like 20 songs that I think that they could sing with their voice ranges or that would be awesome for them to use for a musical theater audition or just to have in their books. And then we give them the songs and then they pick two that they like the most. And then I have my musical director record uh, an accompaniment track and a plunked out piano track so that they can learn the new songs. And then in the second week of the class, we uh, all, all of those same eight kids perform their songs for each other. Again, their new songs. And so we just start getting a sense of like, What would be a better song for you? What might show you off in an audition? You know, a lot of kids like to sing songs that are very dramatic, and that's not really a great thing for a kid to sing in an audition. And I'm talking about kids that are in high school. I'm not just talking about like 10-year-olds. So we this class is mostly being geared towards high school students. I'm going to try to do a younger version of the class um, next month and an older version for our kids that have graduated from high school that are, are still sort of in the Broadway Workshop family. But it's awesome. I get to research songs that I haven't heard in a long time. Um, And then, you know, sort of see these kids step up to the plate and try something new. And it's mostly, they're mostly looking for golden age songs, meaning songs that were on Broadway in 1920, 30, 40, 50. And I can um, help them sort of find a song or a show that they've never even heard of. So it's been really cool. We've done it like maybe I've done six sessions of this since uh, March, which has been really fun
0: yeah so one thing that i think is really cool kind of how you're talking about price is i was looking at it and it's like i want to say like 175 and then you get all that stuff like you get 20 songs and yeah
1: that class is that class is two sessions and i think it's like i think it's actually only 125 lucy and i'm like wait this is like criminally cheap because i do so much work to research the songs Mm -hmm. but um yeah it's it's very cool and uh and so we keep, and the class has been sold out every time. So I just keep doing it. I try to do it once a month, um, and it's just two nights. Uh, normally, like it's a Monday night and then the following Monday, or we do it on Wednesdays sometimes. But yeah, it's cool. And then our regular master classes, like with our big Broadway stars, like. Rob McClure and Taylor Lauterman and Casey Levy and Leslie Kritzer and all of those classes have only been they've been priced between $80 and $100 so um, it's pretty affordable for you know most families and what's really cool about Broadway Workshop is we have an amazing partnership with an organization called Project Broadway and it will offer scholarships for any student who qualifies for any Broadway Workshop program and so we have often you know around 40 kids a year who are able to participate in Broadway Workshop either completely free or on a half scholarship and so we want to make sure always that Broadway Workshop is affordable for every family. I'm a kid who grew up in the New York City area with not like a ton of extra money to do things like this so it's always been really a huge part of my uh, the vision of this company to make sure that it's affordable for every family.
0: Yeah and one thing I was thinking is like I was looking into some stuff and like a lot of the things that are maybe like a hook over like a lot of the works well not workshops like but like the longer things Mm -hmm. they're always like oh scholarships available and I was like oh that's nice
1: that's good right
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so now I wanted to talk a little bit about like going back but going forward so what is it like to see like someone you taught like make it on the big Broadway stage
1: Oh my God. That is really the coolest part of my job. So in the last couple of years, we've had had some really big kids move from Broadway workshop to Broadway. One is Andrew Barth Feldman, who you might know as Evan Hansen. And Andrew is my student since he's about, I would say eight years old, eight or nine years old. And, uh, we just have like a great connection. I feel like he is like my child. Like I just love that kid so much. He's so smart about theater and he has more passion about performing than anyone I've ever met since he's a little kid and always knew who the director of every Broadway show was the casting director and not in like a weird way, in a just knowledgeable way. He just, he's a student of theater. And so to see him grow up and be so great and then have this amazing moment of being Evan Hansen on Broadway was such a, thrill to watch we um we were doing a production of wind in the willows together when he booked evan hansen and he we let him out early he auditioned he got it and then couldn't tell anybody so um he had to come back to rehearsal the next day for wind in the willows and not mention it and i'm sure that was like so hard but i was at his opening night Um of evan hansen on broadway and that was a really special experience and then he we we went back to see him like the week before he closed Um out his run and uh, he had come so far and so we stay in really close contact He's taught we've taught co-taught a couple classes together this year and um He's just like a great kid. So seeing him have this, this big moment is really exciting. Um, Michaela Diamond, who was Babe Share in The Share Show, she was Sally Bowles in our cabaret, and we are also very close. And uh, she booked that. And being part of that experience, I got to see, I was invited by her as one of her guests at opening night and being... Uh, seeing that before, I just like wept in my seat because these people feel like my kids, you know. And having them have these like great moments are, is just really very special. And um, we just had a lot of kids like that. Um, Rachel Reshef is a student of mine her whole life since she's seven. And um, Rachel has been on Broadway and Shrek and Billy Elliot and Mary Poppins and People in the Picture and Fish in the Dark. And seeing all of those openings has been really a, a very cool thing. And Shireen Pimentel is my student for years. Uh, it was just Marie. And West Side Story on Broadway, so we have had just like lots of um, lots of really amazing kids that come out of Broadway Workshop, and getting to see them on Broadway really is the coolest part of my job. Nick Barish, I could Marissa O'Donnell. There's just like so many of them that uh, that have had really so much success.
0: Yeah, one connection I had is. Um, Andrew Barth Feldman he has a friend named Annie Colson and Annie um, is part of this theater company that I'm part of okay. so like I've met her once or twice and I was oh like,
1: Annie's the best they <laughs> met at Broadway Workshop doing We Will Rock You and part of our Children's Musical Theater Festival and Annie's such a huge part of our Broadway Workshop family and she um, assists us now that she's graduated and she's at NYU she assists us and works on classes and camps and um, we can you know, have her run anything with us. And she's uh, been such a huge part of our program. So that's the other thing that's really cool about Broadway Workshop is that a lot of kids will graduate, but we love them and they're part of our family and they come back and they assist and they help on camps or they help... Even this summer, they were helping us run our Zoom workshops. You know, all of our our six assistants that were working with us this summer were all kids who grew up through Broadway Workshop. So it's it's really like a family atmosphere. And I'm really proud that we've created that. And that is probably because of our main stage program is so strong and it's such a family atmosphere. And, um, we have done these huge, huge productions in New York city. Um, this year we were supposed to do Chicago, but we weren't able to finish that process. So we made like this really cool video of our cast doing all that jazz, but, we, um, we do these big shows, and there's lots of YouTube clips and things, so people, if they can't see a Broadway Workshop show in person, they can go watch the montages of Pippin and Cabaret and Sister Act and Sweet Charity. Those are our last few main stages.
0: Yeah, and I just want to compliment you, and I feel like the structure of Broadway Workshop is very top-notch.
1: Yes, Lucy. Scream it. Tell all your friends. That's, <laughs> that's what we like to hear. I like to hear top notch. We really work so hard. Like I have uh, a team, me and two other people, Yvette and Sarah, who run Broadway Workshop together. And we, you know, really work really hard. We care about what we're doing. And the productions are like, God, I spend, you know, a good six months out of the year working on this production. And so it, right now is a confusing time because I'm like, are we doing a show in the spring? And what will that look like? And um, But the best part of my job is, you know, after seeing my kids go to Broadway is sort of see, getting to do these productions. And so now's the time where I'm normally planning and talking to set designers. And it's confusing because I'm not sure what, <laughs> I'm not sure what we get to, what we can do this this year, but we'll be back. It'll come back.
0: Hopefully Broadway will come back in January. I want to like I I was telling my mom I was like we have to go to New York in January. Like I need to you see you the ha- first Broadway to. show. Yes. <laughs> so now I wanted to talk a little bit about your podcast Little Me Podcast. Yes. It, I love it so i have it saved on my, oh my phone. god
1: look at you thank you <laughs> i listened to I'll, let me give you a compliment i listened to like three of your episodes yesterday and i was like you're so good you ask great questions you have awesome guests and i just feel like your podcast is so fun and light and easy to listen to i just enjoyed i listened to lily cooper's yesterday i listened to erica's yesterday i listened to another one too i i think you're doing a great job too so from one podcaster to another
0: thank you so much so Again, for what if the listeners don't know what it's about, what is your podcast about?
1: So the Little Me podcast, it's called Little Me Growing Up Broadway, where I talk to either young people who are currently having a big Broadway moment, like Presley Ryan, who's also a student of mine who I didn't mention before, but uh, Presley who took over as Lydia and Beetlejuice. And uh, she's like we'll talk to someone like her about what her experience is right now as a young person on Broadway. And then we also talk to people who were maybe uh, now an adult, but looking back at their career um, when they were 13 or 14 or 11 on Broadway and what their, how their life has changed because of it and how it has affected them. So it's a real mix of talking to young people who are currently doing it and also, adults who are looking back at their time being a professional child performer. And so, I get to chat with really, really exciting people who have incredible stories. And uh, we, I'm having a blast doing it. I love it. It's produced by the Broadway Podcast Network, and that is such a really awesome family of people who love Broadway and are putting out amazing content. And they're so supportive of each other. And uh, it's been we. I made. I think we released our first episode the first week of march and then we recorded the first three in the studio then i took a little break and we went to remote recording and uh remote recording has been great lucy i think you probably can agree like if we weren't doing these remote recordings we wouldn't be able to talk to any of these people because now i'm talking to people all the time and it's so easy because they're at home or they're just popping on our squad cast and we are recording episodes with them but it's uh it's been really fun and our listenership is really kind of high and I'm so glad that people are liking it. And we have a new Instagram at little me podcast. So uh, where I get to post like really great old videos of our, our kids when they were little or maybe now and every once in a while I post like a fun bootleg or um, just uh, photos of them performing as kids. And it's, it's like a really fun Instagram. So I'm loving doing the podcasting end of it.
0: Yeah. I would, I think I want to say, I want to say I started listening like right when the Presley Ryan episode came out and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It takes time to get used to it, doesn't it? Like Mm -hmm. my first four, I'm like, oh, these are so bad because I needed like time to get used to doing this thing and you don't get used to it unless you do it. So you just need experience like anything else. Now it's like, so fun. You know, now it's like, I'm just, ripping them out and I I'm done podcasting for the day and I'm laughing I'm in a great mood it just feels like I'm having these great conversations but at first I was like oh like it's just so I don't know did you feel the same way
0: yeah I I remember my first few interviews like one like I wouldn't end it at all so I'd always be like like um um so that was a lot of problems and then I also remember like sometimes I would like mute myself and just forget so I just like ramble on about like three questions and then they'd be like oh you need it I'm like
1: okay yeah it's like it's like a skill like you really have to get uh comfortable and uh you know it's like I had to also figure out how I was notating things like did I want to write out every question did I just want some general ideas and once I started to figure out what worked for me um I started to have more fun with it and I think you can kind of sense that in in the interviews, if you're listening, like we're about to release the 20th episode. And now they're just, and this episode that's coming out next, which is with a girl named Catherine Zaremba who played Annie and Annie Warbucks, um, at, uh, when it was off Broadway and she was on Full House and she was on the Jeff Foxworthy show. And she's had, she had this great career and she quit the business when she was 15. And, uh, I, it's like one of my favorite interviews ever because she's so fun and we're, we're having such a great conversation together. And I, so I'm really excited to release that uh, tomorrow, actually. I don't know when your podcast comes out, but my mine is out every Thursday if you're listening.
0: Yeah. So one thing that I was like thinking about is that sometimes like... I can't, like, do an interview because this person, like, they're, like, one time we were talking about bugs or something, and, like, they slap themselves because of a bug, (laughs) and it was just really hysterical, and, like, you try to move on, but you're like, I need to laugh.
1: No, you should laugh then because that's like that's the thing. I think people like listening to uh, not like a very square conversation. Mm-hmm. They want to hear two people that are interesting, having a, a cool conversation, talking about, or telling stories that maybe they haven't shared before or things they haven't thought of in a while. And what's fun for me is that when I'm asking someone like Danielle Furland, who was the original Little Red Riding Hood and in Into the Woods, when I'm asking her a question about opening night of Into the Woods, it's not something she's thought of in a long time. And so... You get to sort of watch her be like, oh, my God, I haven't thought about that in forever. Or making the cast recording. Or where did you get your opening night, you know, dress? When I asked Daisy Egan that, she's like, oh, my God, I haven't thought about that in so long. And it brought up this great story and this great memory. So it's cool to be able to talk to people looking back and then also people like Annalise Scarpacci, who uh, is also a student of mine who is going to be one of the stars of uh, Mrs. What's wrong? Mrs. Doubtfire. And, um, you know, everything is really current for her. Like, she's not looking back at it. She's, like, sharing her current story. And so it is just a different sort of thing. But it's it's so fun to do.
0: Mm -hmm. One, so kind of, like, adding on, like, these people that I meet like you and I'm just like oh my gosh like I've been stalking their Instagram page and then I see them in front of me and I'm like oh my gosh
1: I get a little starstruck with some people Mm -hmm. um sometimes when people come to teach a Broadway workshop I get that way you know like I'm a huge fan of Laura Benanti who is just a lovely person and the first time she came to teach I was so nervous um Cynthia Revo, who You might know from the color purple the first time she came to teach a probably workshop I was sweating like through my shirt. I was so nervous The podcast is a little less scary because I generally know or have some sense of who They are before we start and so I don't get I haven't gotten super Starstruck yet on the podcast. It's also online. So it does feel a little different but it's weird because a lot of these voices and you might feel the same way are like sort of programmed in our head from listening to the cast recording and so when you talk to them you're like oh my god that's the voice of that person that I've listened to a thousand times um you know and that's where you get a little bit like oh this is so fun who who has made you the most nervous can I ask you that
0: okay I'm thinking and I've actually had a couple but a lot of people like from Mean Girls Broadway because it's like one of my favorites ever I like there I would get like emotional and then I would listen to the Mean Girls Broadway cast and I'm like oh my gosh their voice you're like I know that (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I think your genre of like how you're doing little me podcasts like growing up on Broadway is so perfect for you because like you a lot of these people you watch them like go from like learning how to do it and then being on Broadway
1: Oh, it's so awesome, and that is like why when this when this came to me with Broadway Podcast Network, I was like, yeah, I want to do this because it's a great um, synergy between Broadway Workshop and me, and so I I do a lot of things outside of Broadway Workshop, but you know, Broadway Workshop is my, my thing. Everyone knows me from that. So to have a podcast that's not exactly the Broadway Workshop podcast, but it is, the, uh, it is really this cool conduit between where getting to talk to people who've taught at Broadway Workshop and getting to talk to students at Broadway Workshop who have gone on to great things. And at the end of every episode, we do these Broadway Workshop fire questions. And they're just like a series of questions that I've put together um, with some Broadway Workshop students that are just like, what's your favorite holiday? What's your weirder stage door? interaction? What is your favorite cast recording? So there are all these things. And people are, it's so funny. Like so many people like freak out. They just can't answer the questions quickly. And they get like so nervous and it's, it's really fun to watch.
0: Yeah. And one thing that I think is like, sometimes they, I guess if you like never met them and you just like watch them, you think like maybe their characters, their personality, but then you're like, oh, that's like so Taylor different. Latterman yeah. isn't like a mean girl. She's nice.
1: She's very nice. You <laughs> love Taylor. Yes. Um, no, she's very nice. So there, you know, that's like a lot of times we only know people from their like one part. Or, you know, something like that. So it's fun to get to kind of hear their stories and, and for them to feel comfortable with me because most of these people know me. Although on my last like few episodes, I've done with people I don't know. And that's been kind of fun too. So I'm sure you're you're experiencing both sides of it.
0: I, I don't think I actually like know anyone. I guess like I can take hints from emails. But besides that, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're here. They showed up.
1: <laughs> I know it's like a miracle.
0: <laughs> yeah. So kind of going backtracking into like deep into your podcast, what's kind of your process for like preparing for an interview or publishing an episode?
1: That's a really, another great question. Um, I do, I write a bio out myself of the of the person because I, I start every episode with a bio and I'll be like, my guest today started on Broadway when she was 12 years old. And, you know, and I, I do that sort of thing. So I write the bio out and then I just bullet point big chunks of their career and things I want to talk about. Um, A lot of it is about how you got started and and things like that or how people got started. And then um, I'll write down some general questions. And then while I'm talking to them, I'll just sort of like keep scrolling through what I wrote and I'll just so make sure I don't miss any big chunk. And then the other thing I'm doing is I'm watching the time because our episodes really have to come in under an hour unless you book two sessions with probably podcast network, um, engineers. And so I am always watching the time. So when I get to like 40 minutes, I'm like, I have to start wrapping up so I can do obsessed, which is where we talk about one thing we're each obsessed with for the week. And then we do quick fire questions, which sometimes should be fast, but sometimes take like A big chunk of time. So I'm watching the timing too, which is really comes in handy because when I'm teaching a Broadway workshop, I'm watching the clock constantly because I have to make sure every student has the same amount of time to work. So I'm very used to like managing time. And uh, so those are the two big things that are happening. And then once we finish recording an episode, the engineer sends me back a raw file of the whole thing. And then I'll go through it and I'll make time edits and I'll say, all right, we, this, this story doesn't, is not really working, or we talked about too many things right here. So I'll like just remove it. Or if someone takes a long time to answer a question, I'll take out the air, like just remove this 30 seconds. Um, and then the other thing that I do, which is really fun is I'll add in a recording of the, person singing when they were a kid or something that I found on YouTube or something that um, original cast recording that they were on uh, and we'll splice that into the episode. So we'll do this little bit of editing and then we have to mark where our commercials will be. And that's like a new thing for me. Now that I have some listeners and I'm up to 20 episodes, we have to add in some commercials. And so we'll do that. And then Then we do the artwork side of it. There's actually a lot of work that goes into it. I don't think people think about it. So we'll make the main artwork and then I'll make a fun version of the artwork. And then we release everything Wednesday night um, in uh, this uh, thing called... um, uh, megaphone so we put everything up a megaphone and then it gets released for thursday morning and then i have to do all the marketing on friday on thursday morning where i post the artwork and videos and all of that so it's it's a lot of work i think people think oh my god i want to make a podcast it's so easy i just record and release it but i mean lucy you can tell them too don't you think it's so much work
0: yeah. So I feel like you can record and release it, but then like if you want to make it nice and you have like an Instagram, then you have to make like a cover, I you have to do the stories. And my problem is is with the stories. I always forget to tag the person. So then it'll be like done for the whole day and I'm like, "Oh my gosh." No, you have tag. to tag
1: the people and hope they they re- repost and all of that and uh, you know, it's it's fun it's fun to do. It's fun to figure out. At some point I might be like, "This is too much work." But right now I like Love doing it, and maybe when I get to like forty episodes, I'll be like, "Oh God, we have to do something else." But right now, it's right now, it's really fun, and I also have the support of the Broadway Podcast Network um, producers. Who I have an engineer. We have amazing people to help that are scheduling, you know, some stuff, and so it's not all on me. But uh, you know, you're responsible for really making sure. You know, it's the same way. It's just like a business, like anything else. Does everything look good? Does Um, Do you like how the artwork looks? Is the episode edited well? All Mm -hmm. of that, all of that. So, you know, I had this guy, Glenn Henson, who is an amazing illustrator, draw me for the artwork. And that's really, that's really my favorite part of the podcast is my little, (laughs) my little character that we, we now use in the marketing. And he does, you know, various things like, goes on vacation or goes back to school or he, you know, celebrated the 4th of July. It's sort of like, I don't know if you remember, you weren't alive, but when Les Mis was originally on Broadway, they used to have the artwork of Cosette do things. So she would go to the movies or she would have a discount code or she would wear sunglasses in the summer. And so I'm very inspired by that. So I try to do my little podcast figure doing different fun things.
0: <laughs> yeah. So... Kind of wrapping up, what is like, I guess you're kind of one of the best people to answer this. What do you think is the best, uh, what's your advice for aspiring performers or artists?
1: Yeah. You know, my big advice for... People who want to do this as a career is to be knowledgeable about the whole business. So you can know, you should know a lot of musical theater. You should know a lot of plays. You should know the people who are working in New York. You should read Playbill.com. You should, you know, you should be a student of the theater. And I think that that will help you be a really smart actor. And um, so the more I can tell young people to really listen to old cast recordings or watch videos or watch old movies, old movie musicals, the more you know about the industry, the the easier it'll be for you. And the easier it'll be for you to find your own songs or find a monologue. If you're reading plays all the time, you're going to know more plays. You're going to know more monologues. So I would always say like, you know, be studying theater, be watching theater. uh, And in this climate there's almost no excuse because we have so many amazing ways to watch between Broadway on demand and Broadway HD there's so many ways and YouTube for you to watch and be familiar with musicals and plays that you may never have seen so I always tell students to be doing that I think you should be in class where you feel comfortable you don't have to all only study with one studio you should be especially now taking dance class online especially if you're afraid to do that because you could turn off your camera and just dance or you can leave your camera on and no one's really watching you. It's not the same way as when you were in the studio and there's a huge mirror in front of you and you see yourself and you see everyone else. Like now is the time to get comfortable with being uncomfortable so that when this time is over and we are going back to auditioning, you are ready to nail it and you are ready to have fun in your auditions. If you're worried about being perfect or you're worried about hitting the right note or is this song good, you're never gonna be great. So we wanna make sure that our students are challenging themselves, being a student of the theater, and being prepared when the opportunities arise, whether they're online or they're live, but the more preparation you have, the better. So I just said a lot of things. So I don't know if I actually said anything, but does that sort of make sense?
0: Yeah, it totally makes sense. But I also totally get when you say every a lot of things and you're like, wait, did I even answer that Did I even answer
1: that question? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's just like, if you love it, keep doing it. And also remember that you can do other things in the industry. Right now, the industry is a really scary place. But everything will come back and if you love performing, but you also love doing hair Like you could do hair on broadway if you love makeup you do You know what I mean? You could be a makeup designer if you love clothes like you could be a costume designer So there are so many ways that you can work in the industry That are not performing Even if you love performing So that could be like a great gateway into getting into the business You could be a casting director. You can be you know a director You can be a producer you can work in a general management office If you're great with numbers and you're great at math, but you don't want to be an accountant You could be an accountant on broadway. So at least you're like in the industry So there's just keep in mind. There are lots of jobs in this in this business I never thought in a million years i'd be running a theater school for kids like or running any business like this at all. So it's amazing when you doors open and you are like, oh wait, that door is opening for me. I should maybe try that and not be stuck in like, I have to be a reformer because that's what I want it to be when I'm six years old, you know? Does that, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, thank you so much for sharing all of that with me and the future listeners.
1: Oh my God, Lucy, you are the best. I'm so excited. I can't wait to keep listening to your podcast. And I can't wait to see what you keep doing because if you're, how old are you? You're 11? Yeah. Okay, at 11, if you're already doing this, by the time you're like 20, you're going to be running everything. Like you're Mm going to be like the queen of Broadway if this is what you want to do. So I encourage you, any idea you have, just Mm -hmm. go for it because Mm -hmm. I want to see what you're going to do next. So I hope that you stay in touch with me and let me know what's up. And I'm going to keep listening to you as well. And anyone, you know, who's listening to this, keep, you know, following Lucy because you're going to be, Mm. you're the boss.
0: And also like follow you and your podcast because your podcast is also great. And I can't wait to listen. I actually have to listen to the most recent episode because I need to catch up on my podcast. Well, Lucy, I'm going
1: to give you a shout out on my, on my next (laughs) episode recording um, because you're, you're awesome.
0: Yeah, and hopefully like one day I'll like make it on Broadway and then I'll be like, hey, now can I be on your podcast?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, we'll do that. And next time you come to New York, let us know. Maybe we're having a class or a workshop or something and you can come uh, be a part of it. Uh, obviously, this is this is your passion. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hope to meet you in New York at some point.
0: Yeah, me too. And I hopefully I'll see a Broadway show soon. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone probably is wishing they're going
1: to see. Oh my god! the, The second we can do it, I'm I'm happy to wear a mask. I will sit in the theater and you know cry under my mask because we miss we miss Broadway so much, especially in New York. It's so. It's so hard to not have that Mm -hmm. uh, center of the arts uh, in New York because that's why we all live here. You know, I could live anywhere and not see theater, but I live in New York so that I can go see a Broadway show any night of the week. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's really hard not to have that. But, you know, we're all hopeful that Mm -hmm. I don't know about January, but I think by, by this by July we'll have Broadway.
0: Yeah, one thing I was wondering because like I'm sure there'll be like social distancing in the seats, so I'm pretty sure. So I was like, I was wondering, is like, since we're social distancing, does that mean there won't be like a tall person in front of me in the seat (laughs) of Broadway that I can't see the show because they're so tall and like the booster seat doesn't do anything? Oh
1: my god, I don't know what's gonna happen. It's hard because those seats are so close to each other, so (laughs) it's like if someone's sitting right behind you is not great, if someone's right next to you it's not great so theater is really not set up for social distancing (laughs) at least indoor theater but you know maybe um you know maybe they'll come up with something really smart but we'll just like all hope and send positive vibes that we can get back to the theater soon and that you can see shows on tour and we can see shows in New York and Mm -hmm. all that fun stuff but keep doing this because it's a great way for people to hear about Broadway who might not have access to coming to New York right now and Mm -hmm. certainly not have access of seeing theater so you're making your own version of theater and I love that thank you well
0: thanks for listening to another Broadway Brains episode of Mark Tuminelli be sure to check out Broadway Workshop which will be in the like comment box below thanks